Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about enhancing e-commerce with AI by improving personalization, relevance, and the overall customer experience. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Sean Mullaney, a former Stripe and Google executive who is now Chief Technology Officer at Algolia, which you may or may not know is actually the second largest search engine behind Google, powering more than 1.75 trillion consumer search requests each year. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, great. Thanks for having me on, Greg. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Uh, Why don't we get started with you um, giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing in your role at Algolia. Sure. So um, I've been kind of operating in the world of technology and e-commerce for a while. So I joined Google back in around 2011 and got to understand the world of search and customer acquisition and advertising online and got to uh, experience some of the research lab uh, out in California and particularly during the first wave of AI and machine learning back in 2014, 2015. Um, So that was very exciting. I then got to work behind the front lines of an e-commerce company. So uh, I ran all of our search and discovery experiences at a company called Zalando, which is Europe's largest fashion marketplace, and really got to see firsthand how AI is transforming the retail e-commerce experience. And then most recently before Algolia, uh, I was at Stripe and helped build out our European uh, engineering and payment operations. So I got to see the kind of like end of the e-commerce conversion journey. And then uh, for the past year, I've been the CTO of Algolia. And for the folks who uh, aren't familiar with Algolia, Algolia powers the kind of critical search infrastructure of the internet. So whenever you go to an e-commerce site or a media site, um, chances are that we are the, the infrastructure powering the search box and the discovery and exploration experience. Great, great. Well, let's dive in here. So, you know, we've all had disappointing search experiences, including on e-commerce sites, where we just, you know, wish our experience could be like using a normal search engine, right? But tools like Algolia are closing this gap. And, you know, one of the ways that they're able to do this is through artificial intelligence. So let's start by talking about some of the current challenges that often occur. So what, what do some of your customers see on their previous or legacy platforms that make them want to consider an enhanced search experience? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, e-commerce has been an absolutely wonderful thing for customers. So, you know, you're able to access a very, very large collection catalog of products online. You're able to get delivered to your household, your own convenience. But, you know, the e-commerce experience itself hasn't changed a lot in the last 20 years. Uh, You know, you still go to a website and you get to see the whole product database presented to you. 
And you've got to figure out what are those kind of two or three keywords that I need to put in the engine that is going to find uh, the product that I'm looking for. And this kind of like core keyword matching technology has been around since the very earliest days of Google. And we've all been kind of trained to think in keywords and try to figure out how to find the thing we're looking for inside the, uh, the store that we're shopping on. And in the last year, um, I think all of that has changed. So about a year ago, ChatGPT came out uh, and really demonstrated to the world the power of natural language understanding that AI can provide. And one of the things that we've seen is that consumers have started to expect a much richer and um, more expressive environment for being able to search and interact with websites. So the number of keywords that we've seen has doubled in the last year as customers are trying to use a lot more expressive human language to search and find things online. And so we actually think that these kind of new advances in AI, the kind of large language models that are powering ChatGPT, have a huge opportunity to really transform the e-commerce shopping experience and get users to be able to use natural language uh, to be able to find the things that they're looking for. Yeah. yeah could you maybe uh, dive in a little uh, a little deeper on that as well and you know I've, our our audience is you know primarily marketers so not necessarily the the people um, integrating these tools but still you know and talk a little bit more about the natural language understanding and you know what what are the implications then for those that are you know creating the content for those sites and um, you know what what should the marketers be keeping in mind yeah, so I think um, one of the most important things about AI is that it creates a customer experience that I think really keeps customers engaged. The sooner the customers can find the thing that they're looking for on a website, the more likely they are to check out and not leave and bounce and go to another website. Yeah. But I think one of the most important things is it creates a really compelling um, amount of customer loyalty. So when customers feel understood uh, and they feel like the website remembers them, when they come back the next time, and when they feel like they can express themselves in richer ways than just trying to type in keywords, they become much more loyal. And as we know that in the world of e-commerce in particular, um, you have these two kind of competing forces. The first is kind of how much money you're spending to acquire customers. And then once you've acquired a customer and they've landed on your website, how can you optimize their experience so they can find what they're looking for fast and become a loyal customer? And the more loyal customer that you create through your search and discovery experience, the more money and the better your return on investment is in the marketing dollars that you're spending. So as a lot of marketing um, folks will be optimizing the efficiency of their customer acquisition channels, like with Google and Facebook, they should be equally thinking about the experience that customers get when they land on the website and making sure they can find what they're looking for fast and that after they leave, they come back and shop many, many times and create a very high customer lifetime value. So um, we think that search and discovery are just as important as kind of optimizing that customer acquisition uh, investment you're making. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's such an important point of, you know, you spend so, marketers spend so much time getting people to a site and then, you know, when, when they have a less than stellar experience, um, you know, I've talked a lot on the show about customer lifetime value and, you know, just the importance of, of building that loyalty, but you know, one one of those things is exactly what you just said, which is feeling understood and like the like the like the brand really gets um, you know where they're where they're coming from. That's great. You've talked a lot about vectorization being a key approach for enhanced search results. Uh, for those less familiar with that term, vectorization, can you explain a little bit about 
what it is and how it differs from traditional searching methods. Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, you know, the, the traditional way in which customers search on a website is they type in these keywords and the search engine will go through all the products and they'll find products that contain those specific words. But typically when you're um, an e-commerce company, you might have a very large number of products that you sell and offer your customers. And often those products are quite domain specific. So let's say you're a fashion company or you're selling sports equipment or electronics. What we find is, is for a, a large amount of customers, they don't have the domain specific words. They don't know exactly what they're looking for. And um, what they do is they try to express what they're looking for without using the right terminology. And when that happens, they're not able to find uh, the products they're looking for because they don't match the keywords correctly. So for a lot of e-commerce sites, we see upwards of about 70% of the queries that are typed in are actually kind of unique one-off queries that are very hard to optimize when you're a merchandiser. And so what AI does is um, we take the, uh, every single product in the catalog and we kind of run it through a type of large language model like ChatGPT. And what comes out the other side is something called a vector, which is basically a representation of the concepts inside that product. And then when a customer comes to search, we take the kind of the query that they put into the search box and we turn that into a vector as well. And so we actually are able to match concepts in the search catalog using vector search, even when there are no keywords matching. So it is an alternative way to look up information where you're not just using this basic kind of word matching algorithm, but we can actually understand concepts and we can find products in the catalog that contain none of the words uh, that the user is using, but actually matches what they're what they want. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and that that also means that uh, the people entering the products on the site or in databases or whatever don't also have to be responsible for trying to think of synonyms or you know any anything yeah. like that. That's yeah, yeah. And let me I'll give you a couple examples. So um, yeah. you know if you're if you're turning up to a kind of a website for a pharmacy and you want something to help, let's say your baby's crying. You know, you might actually type in just kind of the problem that you have, uh, like baby's yeah. crying or won't stop crying. And um, what you're looking for is colic medicine, but you may not know how to spell it, or you may not even know that that's the term for it. But we're able to kind of like match the concept of baby crying with the specific type of medicine. And that's an example of like a, a domain specific term that customers may not have. Yeah. Or in fashion, we see it all the time. You know, fashion has its own form of, uh, you know, terminology for everything. One of the ones I've recently learned is something called a Chelsea boot, which is like a, uh, it's, a it's an ankle length shoe that has a little um, netting window on the side of it. And it's very trendy. I no idea. <laughs> I learned something new today. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, most customers don't know the terminology. So they might type in, you know, like ankle length boot with a little netting on the side. And normal keyword search wouldn't be able to find that. But with the kind of large language models that we have, we're able to find the vector that's very close to it and be able to return the product and delight the user there. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. 
If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash agile, that's partnerhero.com slash A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. So yeah, let's um let's keep talking. You know, we've we've touched a little bit on the e-commerce search experience from the customer perspective, but want to talk a little bit more about it. Um, you know, how are you seeing relevance and personalization and e-commerce search results impacting consumer behavior? You mentioned they're being a little more freer with the keywords that they that they type in, but what about things like click-through rates, reducing bounce rates, overall user experience. How, how are you seeing that evolve? Well, customers are becoming much more demanding. And if customers aren't able to find uh, information or see value very quickly on your website, they will bounce and they will go somewhere else. So I think the, the standards and quality that your search experience needs uh, definitely has to meet the expectations of a very demanding consumer and a competitive environment at the moment. And so, you know, we think that AI has a lot of roles to play. So we talked about how we can understand human language, but we also think that personalization um, using AI is extremely important. So as a customer lands on your webpage, the searches they type in, the products that they click on, the categories that they select, all of these are clues about what they're looking for and what their preferences are. And we're able to personalize the results as you go through the experience And most importantly, after you buy something, customers come back and they don't want to have to go through that whole process again. And so we're able to very quickly personalize the results and using an AI profile for every customer, be able to present an experience to them that they think is really, truly kind of meets their, meets their kind of expectations and inspires them. But we're also able to use AI to figure out things like popularity and trends so, you know, um, and things like fashion, electronics and stuff, you know, trends move very quickly. Um, and so we can use the aggregate information from all of the shoppers to understand which items are bought together, what the most popular items are. We can surface things that are new in for the customer. And we can even um, do things like figure out what category of item you're looking for to restrict the search results and create a much more precise answer. So we talk about end-to-end AI where we're able to both understand the query using AI, we're able to then understand the popularity of different results, personalize for an individual user, and use this kind of vector retrieval. And all of that comes together into a much more compelling experience. And what we've seen is is that when you present this experience to users, they're just far more likely to find the products that they're looking for, and then they're far more likely to come back to your website and become a loyal user and to drive a, a higher lifetime value. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, it seems like one of those things that the customers are, it's not necessarily that they're thinking, oh, wow, my search experience was easy, but it's overall that the, you know, the overall experience is, you know, do you have, do you have stats or maybe, you know, data on, you know, what is, what is causing some of that, that loyalty? I mean, is it, is it just the overall experience? Is it the speed to, you know, speed of delivering results, you know, what, what, what do you think is causing this, you know, these, these consumers to, to be so loyal and, and, and come back? Yeah, there's actually some really fascinating research um, about this kind of information gain. 
which is when a customer arrives at your web- website, how fast they're able to actually gain knowledge and information and find what they're looking for. And um, it turns out that our brains are really attuned to foraging. So when we were hunter-gatherers, our brains evolved to understand um, when we go out to forage, whether or not the patch of land or the area that we're looking at is going to give us a high return for a certain amount of energy. And because our brains are wired like that, when we're online, we're very, very sensitive to the idea of how fast am I gaining knowledge. And when that speed of knowledge gain starts to reduce, people very quickly move to another website. So we think about it as the, the kind of speed of the experience. So like search speed, the relevancy and precision of the results that we're showing to the user. And when they start to see this kind of like high information gain, it, it sparks a certain trigger in their brain that this is a place that they should spend more time in and that this is a place that they should return to. Um, so it's absolutely fascinating. A lot of the um, yeah. kind of evolutionary aspects about how our brains are wired definitely creates a sense of loyalty and wanting to return when you see a lot of information that's relevant to you in a short period of time. Yeah. And I would imagine that's, you know, we, we've evolved to wanting that in, you know, milliseconds or nanoseconds or, or stuff like that over, over time, right. Just with the kind of with the evolution of the web itself. Can you talk about, you know, let's a, a company that wants to have this kind of search experience and this kind of e-commerce experience. Are there any, are there any challenges or hurdles that they need to overcome? Like what, what sets them up for success in, in doing this that they may not have already? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so the first thing is, is that, you know, the kind of basic keyword search technology has been around for a while. And the first kind of decision that customers need to make is, do we, uh, do we buy this from a platform like Algolia or do we try to build it ourselves? And to be honest, um, that may have been a um, an interesting discussion to have, you know, over the last five to ten years. But now in the world of AI, it's just it's really really difficult for companies to be able to build these AI products themselves. And so what we're seeing is a lot more companies are turning to vendors and solutions like us, who out of the box can get them up and running with some pretty advanced AI, with very little configuration uh, and very little engineering effort. The second thing customers need to understand is is that the events and actions that customers take on their website are like the most important thing to train and um, drive the performance of these AI algorithms. So um, all of our customers are encouraged to send us the events, the clicks, the conversions, what products are purchased, so that the AI can in real time get more and more optimal for their website and their use cases. So um, sending the events and the data analytics to the search uh, and discovery experience provider is a, is a really important part of the setup nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine, you know, as with most AI ML type things, the, you need the more data, the better usually, right? So, you know, the having having all that information and being able to parse what's what's valuable and what's not probably helps helps the platform learn more quickly as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the things that we see with a lot of our customers is they don't want their data to be used to train other people's algorithms and to mm. benefit their customers, uh, so their competitors. And so we try to isolate the data and we train custom models for each of the, the websites that, that we power. Uh, so it's absolutely essential that we get that data so that we can create a model that's optimized specifically for uh, for one site. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, a lot, a lot of the orgs that I work with 
that would definitely be on their list of of yeah. uh of requests so that's yeah that's definitely definitely good to know well one um last thing i wanted to talk about with you you know anytime we talk about hyper personalization ai all of these things you know want to just bring up the the data privacy and and ethical considerations so we're talking about collecting a lot of data using a lot of data it's you know from my perspective as a as a marketer and and a technology optimist i think it's all for the benefit of the customer which seems like a win win but you know how can businesses balance the benefits of ai powered search with there are you know valid concerns about data privacy security transparency you know how how do you how do you balance those needs to you know offer still an optimal experience yeah i mean it's a great question and i think um with customers these days if you're able to demonstrate the benefit for them to opt into, um, for example, cookies and to create an account, the personalization and the kind of more optimal experience, I think most customers are very happy to share that data. Yeah. But obviously you want to be working with a partner like Algolia that has all of the kind of highest levels of security, GDPR and PII compliance, because it is actually kind of tricky to um, manage to secure and use the kind of data correctly. So um, again, you know, the world of data collection and privacy has become far more complex these days. And for a lot of, uh, you know, kind of e-commerce sites, it makes much more sense to work with a partner than try to figure all of that out themselves. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Well, Sean, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, One last question before we wrap up here. Uh, So looking ahead, um, you're certainly at the at the forefront of e-commerce and, and search trends here, you know, what, what trends or changes do you see shaping the future of e-commerce, uh, you know, whether that's search results, personalization through AI, kind of all of the above of, of what we talked about, you know, what, what should we be expecting in the next couple of years? Yeah, well, listen, I mean, I think we've only just started to see the beginning of how uh, natural language understanding and AI is going to help really improve the experience for shoppers. One of the things I'm most excited about is moving to a more conversational search experience where you can get the kind of personal shopping, personal assistant experience to help guide you through the store and also educate you on domain specific things, say fashion or electronics. I always uh, think there are a lot of folks who want to buy a TV or want to buy a piece of electronics and they don't have the first clue about like where to look. Right. Hence why the kind of like genius in the retail store is always a very popular model for helping customers. But that doesn't really scale very well on the internet. We can't have a human genius with us every time we're in an e-commerce store shopping. So I do think that this kind of using um, chat GPT-like experiences on an actual shopping store is going to become a much more uh, important part of the experience and getting kind of guided personal recommendations and expert uh, advice. So I think that's really going to help bring the shopping online experience to the same par as going into a retail store and getting a assistance from someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Sean Mullaney, chief technology officer at Algolia for joining the show. You can learn more about Sean and Algolia by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the agile brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by tech systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. 
To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.